Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the soccer scene uh, in conjunction with Sport and Limerick. We are joined tonight by Southeast uh, Radio's Aidan Delaney, and I suppose due to the, the Southeast connection, we all know now that he'll be in the Wexford camp uh, for Friday evening's game. You joined us twice last year as well, Aidan. We're delighted to have you back on the show with us. Uh, ahead of the new season. The anticipation is huge ahead of the clash at Ferry Carrick Park between Wexford and Treaty. Both sides as well have done a, an awful lot of business. Just judging by, we'll say, social media feeds and, and maybe pundits and, and the likes, why do I get the feeling that there's a, a quiet confidence in Wexford or maybe even more than a quiet confidence in Wexford that they can get their, their first win against Treaty on Friday? Do you know what? There has been this kind of change because usually Wexford go into the preseason and, you know, we finished last for the last couple of years. So there's usually kind of this muted kind of a sense of optimism, really. But, you know, nobody's really buying into it until maybe, you know, week three or four when, you know, results hopefully start going our way. But this year, yeah, definitely the kind of off field dealings, uh, the likes of, you know, uh, Aaron Dobbs coming in, Connor Barry, Connor Davis, and Dinny Corcoran. That that really kind of moves the dial. And you know, even people who wouldn't be that interested in Wexford FC are coming up to me and saying, like, oh wow, they've really made some nice signings this year. And you know, maybe I might actually head down to Ferry Carrick Park, which is brilliant and which what you want to see more than anything else, you know. So it's definitely, you know, quite confidence, I would say. Um, I've been speaking to a couple of the players and they're definitely looking higher up the table than last. So, you know. Any, any position that's above ninth is going to be progress, like, you know, so I'm just hoping that's where we end up. Yeah, it's funny. I know, I know you mentioned the same kind of thing to me last year. It was like a bit of deja vu about yeah, anything right. above ninth. Unfortunately, I mean, that didn't work out um, for, yeah. for Wexford, as we know. But, but you know, judging by the signings, you would expect a bounce. I know that I did a prediction, a table prediction with my uh podcast analysis anal, analysts excuse me jason and all o'connor and we did have wexford higher the only thing is i had wexford only at seventh now some people think wexford can make a, a real push for the playoffs where would you be on yeah. that would you be in agreement that maybe just finishing a couple of places or do you think you're actually capable of jumping which is very difficult maybe four or five places yeah listen some of the places that i've seen have us maybe fifth even as high as fourth which is i'm used to being pessimistic down here and kind of you know, damping down the expectations. So I'm I'm kind of more where you are. I think seventh is kind of a good spot for us. Like, obviously, I want to see Wexford getting into the playoffs and, you know, really uh, having a nice postseason, if you like. But I do think that, you know, a lot, there's a lot of teams there um, kind of all of a similar level. There's no real kind of standout team and there's no real whipping boys, I think, this year. So it could really go either way, you know, winning your games at home is going to be absolutely crucial this year so that's why it's really important to start off with a win against treaty this weekend i would probably be more of the kind of sixth seventh i think the playoffs might be a step too far this year but listen when you have somebody like dinny corcoran if he can stay injury free and fit you know he's definitely you know 15 16 17 goals a season and that'll shoot you right up the table as well it's just on the defensive side, I think maybe Wexford might need something else, somebody else to come in to maybe just lock that down a little bit more because there could be an awful lot of 3-3 games or 4-3 games throughout the season and hopefully we'll come out on the right end of those. Yeah, I know that Wexford are promoting their programme and you did have a player focus, I, I noticed, with Dinny Corcoran, like you said. Man himself, Obviously, yes. he's had his troubles Aiden, with injury. We know that in the, in the last couple of seasons, but we also know that you know, on his day, he can score a lot of goals at Premier Division level. So never mind first division level, he did that with Sporting Fingal back in the day as well. But 
On top of that as well, in the forward line, it's totally revamped. And as you mentioned already, Aaron Dobbs, you also have Connor Davis. I mean, those two players, when they came onto the scene, you know, they were scoring goals and there was a lot of talk about those players. It probably hasn't worked out for them as well as they would have thought. But maybe that, like, as much as Danny Corcoran is a player that you'd love his experience, but maybe the types of Davis and Dobbs who have something to prove effectively and trying to get their careers back on track would be perfect for Exford. Absolutely. And listen, we know all about Aaron Dobbs. He's an Enniscorthy man just up the road. He's literally just about two minutes from me here. So uh, hopefully he can, you know, be a bit of a hometown hero and start really, really well. And um, Connor Davis is a really interesting one as well. And Connor Barry, who I was speaking to recently on our show, um, he's definitely somebody who's got that creative spark. And I think it's about finding the, the players that could complement each other because we've had Jack Doherty there for years. And, you know, there was times there where Jack Doherty was basically a man on his own, you know, trying to jump for a balls with six foot defenders and it just wasn't working out. And I think you saw last year when, uh, especially when Jack Moylan came in and Ian, you know, kind of rejigged the forwards a little bit and played three up front. That really worked out well because they found a combination between Jack and Kyle and, and, um, and Jack as well. And, you know, that really worked out. So obviously Jack and Kyle are gone now. They're on to bigger and better things. You know, Pat, uh, Pat's have Kyle and he's, should be getting into their cup squad at least. I think he's definitely good enough. And Jack Moylan up with shells now, and he's definitely a Premier Division footballer. You could tell every time he got on the ball that he was, you know, destined for bigger and better things. So you're just hoping that Ian has, you know, kind of found that magic again, and he's able to get players that will complement each other. Obviously, Ginny is, you know, the man who's going to be up there in front, um, you know, scoring the goals. But you've definitely got that creative spark. I think Jack is better when he's got those players to, to play off, maybe play that little bit deeper. And the likes of Connor Davis and Connor Barry, they'll go ahead of him, you know, hopefully get some crosses in and, you know, we might see a couple of goals for all four of them, really. Yeah, we had, you know, you mentioned the two departures for Exford. Three, they also have had, even though they brought in a few players, maybe with experience and, and promise, they've lost. Obviously, Sean McSweeney to, to Shelburne. Ty Grime was the big one to pose as well. We have Jack Brady now coming in after only playing 10 games in two years for Shelburne. Uh, he was more so of an understudy after a promising time with Limerick FC. So, also, Wexford, I suppose, are in a similar boat, really, because I, I know that Corcoran has went to Cork City, um, yeah. he was there for the year but then you also have a player like in Paul Hunt who I suppose will be desperate to play games it's like Jack Brady uh, to a degree and, and both of those will, will be desperate now to, to play games on a regular basis and get those number one shirts yeah, definitely. I think Corcoran was a bit of a loss. Um, you know, obviously an Irish under 17 and definitely somebody who has a progression in the game. He had a poor enough start with Wexford and a lot of that wasn't down to him. A lot of it was, you know, silly decisions at the back and, you know, got some of the criminal balls that were played back to him and he couldn't just deal with those. And especially for a young lad, you can't be giving them those kind of, especially early on in the season. And there was that awful situation, I think it was the UCD game where he oh, was yes, sent off yes. for 20 yeah, like that's going to knock a lad's confidence. But the one thing that Ian Ryan did was, you know, kind of sit Jimmy down and say, look, you've done this at a bigger level than here. You're definitely capable of passing that on. And you saw every single week he was getting more confident. He was coming out collecting balls. He was collecting crosses. He was, you know, shedding his defenders. Not easy to do when you've got somebody like Lorcan in front of you, like, you know, so um, he was getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Lorcan's not afraid to shout back to. Um, but yeah, like Paul Hunt is somebody who's got that experience and you're kind of going from, you know, a very inexperienced young lad to somebody who's got league experience. And, you know, I was reading an interview with Paul there recently enough and he was saying, look, Cork City weren't going to give me the games and I, I wanted to, you know, he was thinking about going back to Munster Senior League and at least this is a step up from that. And I think he's he deserves another chance as well. And like that, if he brings that experience and kind of, because there is a, a bit of, 
inexperience and, and a bit of youth there in that Wexford backline and having somebody with that confidence behind you and um, you know that'll obviously stand to Wexford as well but uh, yeah Corcoran going to be a bit of a loss but um, Paul Hunt not not a bad uh, man to bring in. Yeah, certainly. As I said, we did mention the, the vast players that Wexford brought in. I know that Noel O'Connor was saying to me, he feels that maybe in terms of squad improvement, both of these squads have improved uh, mm-hmm. on last season. I know Wexford's probably certainly will. But, you know, Treaty have brought in a couple of experienced players in recent weeks. I know Enda Kern has come back from Murview following yeah. a spell away. That could work either way, I suppose, but he seems like he's fit and sharp and, and desperate to make an impression on his return to League of Ireland. That'll provide some competition for Kieran Hanlon. There was, you know, Matt McKivitt was there, but there was very little um, for Kieran Hanlon last year. Um, the, the big one, the surprise, I suppose, that might have taken you by surprise and others by surprise was the sign of Joe Gorman probably at, at yeah. centre-back for, for Treaty. It came out in order. We know the circumstances uh, behind mm-hmm. it with the, the issues of Porta Down and, and tweets from years ago that obviously Joe has said yeah. he regrets since. But on the field, though, a really big signing for Treaty and one they desperately needed because of Anthony O'Donnell not being there this year. And he scored six goals last year. So in both boxes, Joe Gorman will add to them. Absolutely. And I think even more important was you know, kind of keeping that core squad together. And I think Treaty have done that really well. And listen, when you've got a manager like Tommy Barris, there are going to be players who want to play with him, you know, and run through brick walls for him as well. Like, you know, so I think the likes of keeping Connor Melody and uh, those kind of players as well, um, you know, that's that's been important, I think, for Treaty because, you know, we see such a turnover in League of Ireland and the PFA, I were saying that like 75% of players don't have long-term contracts and won't be re-signing with their clubs and that kind of stuff. So it's so important to keep a core squad, like especially when Treaty are such a new club that, you know, if things weren't going well, a lot of players might just say, listen, I can go anywhere I like, but they've managed to you know, keep a core squad there. And I think that's going to be really important for Treaty. And listen, they could fire up the table as well. Red Hanlon is one of the most interesting players to watch. When he's on his day, he's absolutely unplayable. And um, I think he's going to do some damage on Friday night as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, actually, because he's had a disrupted pre-season campaign uh, due to hernia. A problem, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be available for the start. And he played last Friday night, but himself and Enda Kern are, are bound to push each other hard, I think, this year for the, yeah. the starting uh, position. So it'll be interesting to see does Tommy Air on the side of uh, maybe, I suppose, a bit of loyalty to Red Hanlon, considering mm-hmm. last year or starting afresh this season. But even that, like you could bring him off the bench, you know, against tired yeah. defenders, he's going to bully them around. You know, he's definitely an option there. So either way, I think it's going to be a difficult night for the likes of Kevin McAvoy and Paul Cleary. Yeah, yeah, two two players who have watched a, a good bit of. Another player, I suppose, actually, now that you mentioned it about Connor Melody, I suppose maybe there was a tiny bit of um, maybe even loyalty in some ways from Melody as well, because last season, as we know, he signed for 3D and he didn't really play at all. Like, he did actually make an impact at the end of the season, scored against UCLA yeah, yeah. in the second leg of the playoff. But maybe there was that sense of the club stuck by me or signed me when I was injured and put maybe faith in me. So he wants to repay that. And he has looked very sharp in pre-season. Dean George is carrying a knock at the moment as well, but he's another player who's effectively like a new sign-in, really, considering how yes. uh, injury-prone he was last year. So I suppose as much as Wexford have improved in attack, Tommy Bartle will be hoping that these players can improve Treaty's attack, which at times, you know, because of Treaty's kind of maybe defensive game plan was a bit blunt last season. I mean, uh, Kieran Hanlon was the top scorer, six goals, but three of them were penalties. So he'll probably be looking to add to the man or add to the mantra of just Treaty being a kind of a, maybe a set piece scoring team. Yeah, and listen, we know a bit about Dean George. He was down here for 
for not too long, but it was a, a decent spell he had down here as well. So uh, I think it's it's really interesting to see the kind of moves that Treaty have made off the field as well. Listen, a, a new enough club, but um, getting the likes of Shane Keegan into your academy was an absolute deal yeah, this yeah. week as well. Like, you know, um, I'm very, very jealous because we know all about, you know, he brought us to the Premier Division and winning a First Division title. So Shane has got that European experience. He's got, you know, and, and if he can bring some players through, I mean, Limerick is a, a more of a rugby town, let's be fair, but there's plenty of talent yeah yeah that's it so listen I think Treaty will be absolutely fine this year and um, yeah like that there was one thing you could kind of count on with Treaty games last year is that somebody would get sent off and it would almost certainly finish 1-1 so if he can you know turn some of those draws into wins you know Treaty will go yeah you know, I, I would have Treaty up in the playoff spots myself I think they've just got enough talent there especially at the markets fields to win their games at home they won't fear going to the likes of Bishop's Gate or the RSC. You know, they're ha- handy enough. They'll shut down defensively. No, they can nick a goal here and there. And I think they'll certainly be fine there too. Yeah, I did bet that Treaty would be in the playoffs myself and predict that. But I hate that you know yourself with that kind of optimism about your own team. You said it yourself earlier on that it's a bit of an uneasy feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it is all right. Yeah, that's that's the thing about, I think, Treaty are... are or they have enough uh, defensive solidity to go to a place like Bishop's Gate or out to Eamon DC Park and kind of get a result. That's the one thing I think Wexford are missing at the minute. There's still a player I think needs to come in and maybe sit in front of that back four or back three as it will be. Um, you know, a player that might just uh, add to that defensive solidity that I think Wexford are missing. Connor Crowley is a very decent uh, deep lying midfielder and he'll, he'll certainly help going forward. But I think you're still missing that kind of destroyer, that kind of tackler that'll um, kind of you know, break up attacks and then maybe get Wexford, you know, in transition, uh, playing off the front foot again. So that's the one thing I think if Wexford can, you know, win most of their home games and hopefully if we see, you know, a big crowd on Friday night, you start to get a bit of momentum because Wexford will get down and support their lads if they think they're going to win. Uh, They haven't had too many opportunities to do that for the last few years, but even the last game against, I think it was Bray uh, at the the last home game of last year, like there was a decent crowd there, plenty of young children there and hopefully those guys will all come around. Now, I think there might be a bit of a gale on Friday night and it might be not a great day, but... I, I would still, <laughs> I would still uh, encourage people to come down and see how the team gets on because this is definitely a different Wexford side from the Brian O'Sullivan one and, and for the last couple of years. So hopefully we might see you know a, a decent game and, and plenty of goals on Friday night. Yeah, no disrespect. It's it's not a personal attack or an attack on Wexford, but I can't think of any place worse than Ferry Carrick Park when there's a gale blowing with the motorway yeah, behind you and everything. It just it seems like the worst possible place to be when there's when there's wind coming from all directions. But um, the Limerick yeah. Lillers had to deal with it there on the, in Wexford Park there two weeks ago as well, so they know all about it too. Yeah, well, look, I, I, I thought you might get that dig in. I knew it would come at some stage. <laughs> I, had to, I had to keep it in my back pocket there, all right, yeah. Yeah, 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 I can imagine, yeah. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll see when once the, the big ones come, I suppose. We, we, it's what the Limerick people are clinging to after last week's loss to, to Galway as well. But um, before I move on, I was going to move on maybe to, to what you, you said, the point you made maybe about support in Wexford um, for the soccer team at the moment. But there was one thing. I We spoke about Shane Keegan coming on our podcast last night uh, going to Treaty United, which obviously some people say was very left field. You needed someone with those qualifications as well, and and every people, it's been well received. And and Limerick, you mentioned you talked really well about you know what what he's done for Wexford and and in terms of the promotion. But I was almost surprised, and maybe you were being a bit diplomatic, but I was all surprised that there wasn't a bit of a, a bitter taste in the mouth considering the the circumstances in which he left. I mean that was so well documented at the time. 
Yeah, I suppose it's it's quite a while now, and and you know he's uh, he's obviously been to the likes of Dundalk and Galway since, so it's kind of it's cooled a little bit there. And I think Shane is just a decent kind of fella. Like you know, you see his his appearances on the likes of Off the Ball and stuff like that. He's he's a man who knows the game. He's you know got those uh, European links. He's he's definitely on for bigger and better things. And I think you do have to accept that. Listen, the man was probably bigger than Wexford for a while there, um, and there was a, a bit of. Some animosity, I suppose, is probably the best way to put it about him leaving. But I think you kind of have to focus on the likes of Ian Ryan and and the next generation coming through. And you can't worry too much about that 2015 team as much as it was brilliant. And I was absolutely delighted to be part of it as well. But, um, you know, hopefully we can see, uh, you know, him having a, a great opportunity in Limerick. And, you know, maybe we might be able to sign some of those youngsters coming through because that's very much Ian Ryan's... Uh, you know, mantra in the travel, the transfer market is getting these young players in and making them stars. Yeah, certainly. And and I do hope that Wexford have a better season than they've endured in the last uh, few seasons. But you did mention about, we'll say, support. In, and I know that, look, bandwagon support is just needed, particularly for the League of Ireland. You know, like when the team is doing well, you'll, you'll get the, the support. Um, because I did notice that the Wexford support, even sometimes maybe a few years ago when they got a couple of results, wasn't particularly good. So it looks like it's going to need a really consistent kind of, you know, run of results to get that support. But you did say there that maybe there's a bit more optimism around it and people that are willing to go to the games and give this a chance under Ian Ryan this season. Yeah, I think so. I think Ian, Ian speaks very well and he speaks, you know, he's not too negative. And I think that was the one thing with Brian O'Sullivan last year was that sometimes even when you were on the sidelines, you were looking at some of the, the Wexford performers and, you know, they were kind of rowing with each other and they weren't really all pulling in the same direction. Ian is somebody who has, you know, just come down and said, listen, I'm ready to work with everybody. He, um, you know, spoke to a lot of the junior clubs down here. And that's that's a lot of the reason why the Wexford public doesn't get behind the team is that they're very much still interested in their own junior clubs. And, you know, the, the likes of North Engine that are doing really well in the FAI Junior Cup. And, you know, you've got Moyne Rangers and Shamrock Rovers and, play, and teams like that. So, um, if he can get some of those guys on board, and I think he has, you know, he's put out an olive branch and said, listen, we're happy enough to, you know, help develop your guys. And if we can help out in any way that we can, we'll do that. And I think that's, that's a really smart move. And I think it's starting to pay a bit of dividends now with those younger players that are coming in. And um, the, the one thing you want to see as a Wexford fan is more Wexford players on the team. And I think that's why the Aaron Dobbs, uh, signing is really shrewd you know not only is he somebody who's proven at this level and knows what it takes to uh, to play and win in Ferry Carrick Park he's also a young a young enough lad he's you know a local lad as well and if we can see the likes of Evan Farrell maybe getting a few more starts he got his first goal in that game against Bray uh, last game of last season so if he can start to progress a bit more um, you've got the likes of Tyler Dumphy and uh, a, a young lad called Caelan Harness He's only he was only 15 last year, so I think he might still need a few more years to come in. But these are Wexford players that are going to hopefully one day play for the Wexford team, and you know that makes such a difference, um, particularly when you get to this level. That you know if you can cheer on the local boys, then plenty more people will come down and support your team. Yeah, it certainly will be interesting. The whole season will be interesting, but Friday night in particular will be interesting as well. I know I predicted a draw for myself. If you were to go for a prediction, Ed, what do you think will happen? Like I say, Tracy specialised in the one-all draws and I think that would probably be a decent enough result for both teams to get away with. But uh, let's be positive here and say Dinny Corcoran gets a, a winning goal maybe in the 70th minute and Wexford win 2-1.
Oh, yeah. I think the, the hurling has rubbed off on you a bit. I, I think you're coming overconfident. <laughs> we have a bit of a we... swagger down here now. We're looking for a double. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. We we shall see what happens on Friday evening, and we're delighted to, to be joined once again by Ed Delaney. It was, it was great chatting to you, and obviously we wish uh, your club Wexford the best luck as long as they finish below three for the. Well, for we the might season. end up playing it. each other in the playoffs. You never know. You never know. You never know. 